0: It is the word of Landru. Joy to you, friends. Welcome to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show about the original Star Trek series. This is a show where we dive into the characters, concepts, cliches, and other things that don't start with C about the original series. My name is Drew, or Landru, I'm the TOS editor for the network, and with me today is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trek Stars. Hey, Mike. Hello. Unfortunately, we didn't record live like, like we said that we thought we might
1: yeah you know it kind of gets complicated, and then you're driving and the sound quality would be all terrible, and all that stuff and so whatever we're recording yeah now.
0: we didn't have time i mean even if we were even though we were in the car for like you know eight or ten hours each direction, there wasn't time to record,
1: yeah, yeah, but we went down to Dragon con, so that was
0: cool for the parsec awards, yes, yes, Dragoncon itself was really neat. I'd never been to a a gigantic convention like that. Uh I only i I've only been to well I mean Gen Con's pretty big but it wasn't like there are panels and stuff but there aren't panels like that. Like, you know, giant panels full of celebrities. Yeah. And like we were so busy I, we didn't eat like all day. <laughs> I had yeah. a Red Bull around five o'clock right before the parsecs which uh somehow got me through uh I could feel my teeth like tingling. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah, Red Bull's scary.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so we went, We well, I, I drove down from Chicago and I picked you up on the way. And then we, we drove down Saturday, which was an adventure in and of itself, what with the Goodness weather. gracious. Yeah. Just
0: the rain, the pouring, you are a far braver man than I. Well, I mean, we did pull off the road a couple times, but... I mean, it was pouring down rain.
1: Yeah, I, I did not enjoy doing that at all. I hate driving to begin with. And then you add rain to the mix and this absolute... I mean, I was terrified when we went through Louisville and, like, you couldn't see anything. And the whole place was flooding. And then we—we we, I was like, we have to get off the expressway. And we pulled off and I'm like, find me a parking lot where we're not going to drown. And And you were looking and you're like okay, turn right here. And I'm like, all right, let's turn right here. And then all of a sudden, it just stopped. Like, completely stopped.
0: Yeah, it went from not being able to see to no rain at all. It was...
1: It was like someone flipped off a switch. It was
0: like... It was scarier than the rain.
1: (laughs) It was like when the rain stopped at the end of Magnolia. Yes. You've seen Magnolia, right?
0: No, it's on my list
1: <laughs> You gotta move that up to the very tip top of your list It's amazing Well, Jessica's
0: gonna be out of town next week So I've got a lot of, a lot of time to watch movies
1: and Now's your chance You know what you can do if you really want You know, we'd love to have you it, This month's Paul Anderson double feature over on Off Topic Is Soldier and Magnolia So if you want to <laughs> join us for that, you can Maybe I will well, You should Have you seen Soldier? No well, that's okay. Although technically it was originally written as a sequel to Blade Runner, I guess. So,
0: um
1: weird. Yeah, I know, right? But whatever. Anyway, <laughs> that's what happened to us in Louisville. And then yeah. we, then we kept on driving. And in Georgia it started raining again, a whole bunch. And Then it stopped pretty much right as we were pulling up to the hotel. We got out. There was no rain when we checked in. And then when we went back outside to get our bags, it was pouring rain. Again. Yes. Yes. So because of all of this (laughs) and the fact that it was like 11 o'clock at night, we decided not much point to going into the city to go to, to the con on Saturday night. Right. We just went to sleep
0: instead. (laughs) which in a really awesome hotel
1: yeah you know i mean hey everyone you know obviously wants to stay at you know the marquee or the is it it the marriott the marriott marquee or the the hyatt you know which are the two big ones or one of the other ones in the area but if you book late and you're in a jam try the staybridge suites by the airport it's really nice two tvs D V D player? And it's
0: it's it's five minutes from the Marta station. So you just we drove over and got a Marta pass the next morning and it zipped us right by the convention. Yeah, and then we had to go up that really, really, really steep escalator. It was the was longest fun. escalator.
1: And the steepest. It was crazy. <laughs> like you look up and you're literally like looking directly up at someone who's coming down the escalator. It's that was scary, too. Yeah. So so the con itself, we, we got our badges and everything. And then, well, we had some time before, like, any of the the rooms opened and stuff like that. So we decided to go over to the Coca-Cola. You decided. I decided to go over to the Coca-Cola <laughs> plant, uh, which would have been great if they had opened up the gift shop at the same time that they opened up the the tours, but they didn't.
0: Yeah, but I got a vanilla Coke, I mean, out of the machine. It yeah. wasn't anything super, it's not like it was fresh off the off the assembly line or anything like that. No, I
1: got a Coke Zero, because they didn't have <laughs> PIB Zero for whatever reason, and they're all Zero machine, <laughs> but whatever. So we, so we walked
0: back, and, and the first thing that we hit was the dealer room. Everything that I have ever wanted. And, and things I didn't even know existed. And I'm i I'm very pleased with myself. I, I, you know, only got a couple patches and a couple like vinyl stickers and that's it. I didn't buy any of the vintage figures or any of the, you know, Funko pop Star Trek characters or or any of the T shirts or anything else that I was picking up and like, ooh, I want this. No. No.
1: Yeah, I didn't buy anything either. The one thing that I was really tempted by was the Snake Plissken three-and-three-quarter-inch figure. Right. Uh, the retro figure. I wanted the one where he's wearing the leather jacket, and and that, that looked pretty cool. I should have gotten that. I didn't. But the, the, the cool thing about it these days, you know, back in the day, I mean, that was like a big part of going to, like, a Star Trek convention was, like, I'm going to have access to buying all of this stuff, you know, that you n- would never find anywhere else. But now there's the internet, you know, and yeah. it's like, well, I can get all that stuff online probably Direction for the manufacturer. Less, yeah, for less money, you know, and it kind of takes the fun of the dealer's room uh, away a bit, you know.
0: It's, it's, it is kind of nice to poke them and see, yeah, to see you know, these things, hold, hold it in yeah. your hand and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of like Best Buy, how you go there and you poke all the equipment and then you just buy it on Amazon.
1: hmm Right. <laughs> but the dealer's room was so big, it was like two floors and everything like that, that it was bumping up against the the time of the first panel that you wanted to see. So while I stayed back in the dealer's
0: room, you went to see your first panel, right? Yeah. I went to the the Mystery Science Theater 3000. I forget exactly what it was called. But each, uh, they had uh, Frank Conniff, Trace Bellew, and Joel Hogson. And they each presented a bad movie that they, uh, that they loved. And then the other ones tried to shoot them down. And they ended up riffing over each other and over the clips that they showed. And it was really funny. What were the three movies? Uh, first off, uh, Trace Bellew, he said that Dreamcatcher was, was a good movie. And I think he was being really tongue-in-cheek, because his clips that showed that it was a good movie were, were pretty bad. And they, they all made fun of Lawrence Kasdan, who directed that movie, and it was the last movie that he directed. And the, the others were presenting this as a bad thing. Like, look, obviously, they, they didn't want him directing anymore. And Trace responds, well, did Michelangelo paint other churches? Once he had the Sistine Chapel done, they weren't like, here, go do this one, too. I mean, this is perfection, which uh, which I thought was pretty good.
1: Yeah, that movie's not perfection. That movie's a terrible, terrible, terrible work of art. But <laughs> it did have the Final Flight of the Osiris attached to it when it was first in theaters, so that was worth the price of admission right there.
0: Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. That was the CG prequel it was a prequel to the to matrix, matrix sequels yeah right then uh, the first of the the animatrix um shorts yeah, yeah i had that i never saw it in theaters but i had the the dvd of the animatrix yeah yeah weird stuff and then frank conniff uh he he chose titanic and i feel it's hard to tell they're good actors i feel like he genuinely liked titanic but the others were were not so kind to it. <laughs> well, he should generally like Titanic because it's one of the best movies ever made. I I agree. Thank you. Uh, I like that even even Red Letter Media agrees with you that you know what? It aimed for the it aimed for the center. It aimed for the the widest demographic possible and it shot that target straight on. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> uh Most of the uh, Trace and Joel's problem was the chemistry between the the main characters. And Trace said the chemistry between Diet Coke and Mentos is more interesting.
1: I don't know. I had no problem (laughs) with their chemistry. I totally bought that romance. I think both of those people are really good actors, especially Kate Winslet. You know, her performance in that movie was amazing.
0: And and Joel chose Zardoz, the crappy uh, Sean Connery vehicle. From the 70s, and uh, it just looked bizarre. And I, I don't recall much of anything that happened after that point, because it was just crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, that one I never saw. It's yeah. it's weird from what I've gathered. <laughs> yeah. So after the Mystery Science Theater panel, I went over to the Borg reunion panel, where Garrett Wang, who does all of the Star Trek panels at Dragon Con, he had uh, Jerry Ryan and Jonathan Del Arco, uh, so we had seven of nine and Hugh, and it was a it was an open panel. The Mystery Science Theater one was you know they did their bits and that was it, but this one was an open panel with people asking questions and them telling stories uh, about production, about playing Borg, and you know they answered the question for the five thousandth time. How long did it take to put on makeup? You know, put on the outfits and uh Jerry asked you know Jerry responded appropriately you mean the cat suit or the borg actual full borg outfit
1: <laughs> yeah I, I i so it was it was a pretty good panel yeah think. it was
0: really entertaining i appreciated that uh uh garrett Wang knows his stuff he knows episodes um opposite of what later in the Battlestar panel they were just like don't ask about episode 1 scene 14 minute 37 when you guys when your characters talked about this Garrett Wayne could answer that question he yeah. he he knew everything back and forth and he ended up pitching a story about how how the original Harry Kim dies in that one episode where the the uh, Voyager is duplicated inside of itself and Harry Kim is dies. He gets uh, there's a hull breach and he gets blasted into space. He comes up with this. He's just like, I have an idea. So what happens is he flies out. The first Harry Kim flies out, and uh, the Borg are like cloaked nearby, and they catch him before he dies, and they assimilate him. You know, so they can try to get Seven and Nine back. And and they they like send a squadron in, led by you know Borg Kim and. Borg Kim is, like, punching everybody out, you know, here comes Tom Paris, and he punches him out, because he's so awesome, and Borg Kim is, like, uh, running down the hallway, and he eventually corners Seven, and Seven's like, oh, no, no, and and then real Kim jumps out, and, and punches Borg Kim in the face, and knocks him out, and so, you know, Kim wins, and he wins Seven's love, and Jerry Ryan was having none of it. She's just like, that wouldn't happen. No. Seven would break Kim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was a good one, huh? It was a good, it was a good one. Okay, it was. Yeah. It was really entertaining. I mean, that was the only Star Trek thing that, that we did that day.
1: Yeah. Um, I didn't even do that because I, I was like, well, I could go see Jerry Ryan and Garrett Wong and Jonathan Delarco, or I could go see Terry Gilliam, you know? I mean he did twelve monkeys and Brazil and those things He's a Python. Yeah, he's that too. But whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So so I was like, okay, I'm gonna walk over to this hotel and go see him. And I I went and the line was going, you know, down the block and around the corner. And I'm like, okay. So I stood in line for like a good half hour and I got into the room, no problem. And I'm sitting there waiting for the thing to start, and I'm looking at the schedule, and I see that, like, a half hour after Gilliam ends, the Guardians of the Galaxy panel with James Gunn and his brother Sean was going to start in a a different hotel. And I'm like, if the line was two blocks long for Gilliam, I can only imagine what it's going to be for the huge comic book blockbuster of the summer, you know? So I'm going to actually ditch Gilliam and go get in line for James Gunn, which is what I did, So, which was already, at that point, you know, like an hour before the thing started going down the block and around the corner and down another block. Um, But I really wanted to see James Gunn because Guardians is my favorite movie of the year so far. So we we both went to that one. Yeah. And that That one was... was... very good. It was very good. And and the uh, the contents of that panel have actually gone viral. Everyone's yeah. been talking about Stan Lee in a box in the collector's
0: <laughs> room or whatever. Collectors, yeah. I can't ever think of what it's called. Collection? The collector's room.
1: Yeah. It's collection, <laughs> I guess, right? So... So, yeah, apparently, like the original cameo, because someone asked, like, you know you you have a bunch of Easter eggs in this movie. Are there any that you couldn't uh, fit in?" And he looked over at his brother and he's like, "Ah, fine, I'll say it." You know <laughs> the original Stanley cameo was going to be him sitting in a box in the collector's collection. And when Groot walked by, he was going to give Groot the middle finger. and he <laughs> he put a picture of it up on uh, Instagram the other day so so you can see that over there but uh yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff in there you know stuff about future plans and his sort of theories on how to approach the
0: cosmic side of the Marvel cinematic universe and all that good stuff yeah it was really good i would have asked him a question had i i would have had time to ask him a question had i remembered the question that i've been meaning to ask him you know, it was like I was going to find him on Twitter and ask him, and then I forgot all about it when I could have had the chance to ask him face to face.
1: And you were like the like number two in line when they, when they, come yeah, up, when they were right? just like,
0: you know, we're done. Yeah. And I can't fault him. You know, every question was actually interesting, and he went off and told, would tell a story for each one. Like each, you know, thing spawned a five to seven minute speech, which was great. It was all interesting. It was just, Wanting him to hurry up so I could ask my question, but no. Yeah.
1: If I would have thought about it, I would have asked him what the aspect ratio of the the Blu-ray is going to be, whether he's going to open <laughs> it up for for the IMAX footage or not. But I guess we shall see. Yes. And after that, when we we both went to one more panel, which was the Battlestar
0: Galactica panel, which was in the same room, so we actually had to leave the room. Walk around the block again, stand in line again to go back into the same room because yeah. they don't pull that San Diego Comic Con stuff where you you know you could stay in the room all day and see all the panels you want in the yeah. same seat. Right. I kinda liked it.
1: Yeah, the the panel? The clearing the... the room thing. Yeah. I the don't panel know. I like too. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure I like the clearing the room thing, but you know, what can you do? The panel was was pretty cool. Um they had uh, Richard Hatch, Tricia Helfer, Kate Vernon, um, Michael Hogan,
0: and uh, Mary, Mary McDonald. McDonald. Right. That was it. Mary McDonald in her President Rosalind costume that she'd not worn since since the time that they wrapped. Yeah. So she had the glasses and the the, the smart jacket. And...
1: Yeah. Apparently, someone
0: found it and gave it to her to
1: wear, and yeah, it's pretty cool. And and it was the moderator was the science advisor on the show. Yeah. And the topic was supposed to be, um, like religion in Battlestar Galactica, but they pretty much set up front, like, well, they give us these things and we usually ask one question about it and then move on. And and no one really tackled the subject, you know, in a way which was uh worthy of Battlestar Galactica, I would say. They were all too afraid to deal with it, so it was very, very lukewarm answers and a lot of like, well, I don't know, but you know, it's not my place to say, but I'm <laughs> I'm glad that Ron Moore got to do what he wanted to do, you know, and it's like that's yeah not <laughs> saying anything, but whatever.
0: On a on a Star Trek note, they did when they when they introduced Richard and Kate and Michael Hogan, they said uh, they were like, you know, they played this in Battlestar Galactica, and they're going to be in Star Trek Axanar. Like, yeah. you know, half the people in the room had never even heard of it. And he said that he was going to, they were going to talk about it, but they did, they ran out of time. But before they could get to it, I was actually going to stand up and ask the question if uh, if uh, Trisha and Mary felt left out, because they were the only ones on the panel not in Star Trek Axanar.
1: <laughs> they're like, yeah, no. <laughs> Well, because what Trisha Helfer—that was one who they they did talk about because she was on her sci-fi channel show, right? Right. Ascension. They talked about her new mini-series. Yeah, which sounded pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm curious about that. But yeah, it it, it was it was you know I guess that that was just because the guy he was like we're, we're going to touch on that at the end and then they're just like um I guess we'll just wrap up and go home now. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but regardless of that, um. It was a pretty cool panel, although um, although the one thing which I did find to be very interesting about the panel is that, you know, it seems like everyone who worked on the show who in front of the camera was a really big fan of Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down.
0: Yeah, they did mention that several times.
1: Which, you know, I've also heard Edward James almost talk about how much he loves that episode and how, like, he was like, well, if you're, he's like, I heard they were going to do a comedy episode. And I'm like, well, if you're going to do that, then I want to direct it and all this stuff. And then he was talking about how hysterical it was and stuff. And yet everyone else, all of the people who watch the show, all of the people who wrote the show, everybody hates Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. So it's just kind of interesting that everyone in front of the camera just
0: loves it to death.
1: So after that panel, it was pretty much time for the Parsec Awards.
0: Yeah, they open up the doors at five thirty because they give like a half hour between panels. But the Parsec Awards themselves didn't start till six, so we had like an hour, but we didn't want to wander off too far. And yeah. and that was the point where Jake found us. I had tweeted earlier in the morning that uh I had a, a Star Trek two thousand nine com badge that I was gonna be giving away to the first person who who found me and said uh my catchphrase that I end each show with. And and sure enough, Jake found me and and said the catchphrase and he he won the uh and he won the badge.
1: Yeah. And and then also, um we met Eric, who was there along with Jake, and they both stayed for the uh, award show itself, which was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that was, that was really neat. It, it really meant a lot to, to us to have two fans actually take time. I mean, because we were super busy all day because we're all these things to do, and that they took time out of their schedule to sit with us to watch us maybe win an award. Yeah. We didn't win. No, we didn't win. Spoilers. <laughs>
1: but what did, what did you think about the uh the show itself?
0: The parsecs were uh I don't know why I thought like I'd imagined what what did you say like when I described like, it it's like the golden globes
1: yeah with with tables and dinner and everything
0: right I don't know why I didn't <laughs> think it was just gonna be a small room with a panel with you know chairs all facing forward, <laughs> yeah, but that's what it was.
1: But you know it was still rather entertaining. They had a, a musical guest there, Sarah Donner, right? Mm-hmm. Who I ended up
0: buying her CD. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, she does like nerdy songs and cat songs, right? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Her yeah. new album's just cat advice. She she answers your cat advice questions in song. It it it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm looking forward to that. That sounds pretty cool. And they had uh.
0: Who, who are the hosts?
1: Tom Merritt and Justin Robert Young. Tom Merritt, he's uh, he actually won uh, for Sword and Laser. And Justin Robert Young is uh, the co-host of the NSFW show. So there's the two of them. They were, they were amusing, for sure. Very, yeah. Very funny. Uh, you know, they, they made it uh, rather entertaining. And, yeah, we lost. I guess first up, I lost uh, right. f- for the content creation category for Commentary Trek Stars, which the guy did read as Commentary colon Trek Stars. Which yes, I, I liked that. Yes, I appreciated <laughs> that. And uh, yeah, we lost that one to um, Story Wonk Sunday, which is uh, Alistair C- Stevens and uh, Lonnie Diane Rich, who do that show, which is a very good show. I, I recommend it. And then we lost to the Hadron
0: Gospel Hour. Yes, which I just spent the last week listening to and it's really good stuff. I mean it's 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 like a radio drama kind of thing, with some sketch material, but I think that they decided that they were gonna phase that out and cause the the actual like drama stuff is really good. It's also very funny it's mm-hmm. very well acted and very well edited and i can see why they would win best new podcast and i'm i fear for whoever whatever category that they will be put in next year
1: <laughs> yeah i i listened to one episode um uh prior to the uh prior to going down there and i was like they're going to win i think i said that to you i think i said yeah, you did they're really good they're going to win i i called both both winners and and both of the of uh my categories so <laughs> uh, i should win something for that right you should i should get like a we should win award something
0: for... for being there <laughs> because I, i'm serious a quarter of the people who won were there and accepted the awards but they were they also presented yeah. which was interesting and then the, there was another quarter who actually uh, paid attention, and if you weren't going to be there, you're supposed to submit a video in case you won. And so that that was the other quarter, and then the other half was nobody. It was just yeah. like, and the winner is so and so. And I was like, I will take that award. I'm here.
1: <laughs> those those were uh, better numbers than they had last year, though. Definitely more winners there this year than last year.
0: Oh, so. okay, good. Maybe maybe next year will be even more.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. Next year, I'm submitting
0: all of the Trek FM shows. Because why yes, not? Yes, right? do it. You They'd know? Have, they'll have to make, they already obviously had to make their own categories because some things were eerily specific. I imagine that they will have to make a specific Star Trek podcast. <laughs> like, I'm surprised that, that Mission Log didn't win, but now that they're like on the network, every single Star Trek podcast that would be submitted would be Trek FM. <laughs>
1: No, nah, you never know. I mean, uh there was Star Trek Outpost this year. Oh yeah. You know which won last year. You know. Oh. So, um so yeah. We're we're not the we're not the only people out there, but we should mention yeah, Mission Log was there. They lost too, but now yeah, Mission Log's part of Trek FM's. So that's cool, right?
0: Yeah. We're we're syndicating them.
1: Yeah. So, we walked away empty-handed. Although we did get some cool postcards. I bought one of those buttons, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, I bought a
0: button, too. It says I
1: yeah. Heart podcasts." Oh, I got the one that talked about uh, the Parsec Awards. It said, like,
0: See, now we don't have matching buttons, but we do have matching hats. We do. I gave Mike a matching Standard Orbit hat, like I had.
1: Yeah, which is amazing. I
0: successfully kept a secret. Yay!
1: Yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate that.
0: It's, yeah no problem. It's a cool hat. I sneakily sneakily got your hat size,
1: yeah, and, I'm impressed. and all kinds of stuff, <laughs> yeah, it was really cool, yeah, thank you very much for that. yeah no problem and then the next day well we we went to after that we celebrated by going to big Kahuna yeah for big Kahuna burgers
0: They were very tasty
1: they were, they were very
0: tasty burgers,
1: yeah, and then we we went home. Well, we went back to the to the hotel, and then in the morning, we began the long trek back up north to the Midwest.
0: Uh, hey, it didn't rain.
1: Yeah, it was a much nicer drive
0: on the way up. You know? It seemed faster. It always seems faster going home, thankfully.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then after I dropped you off, I kept on going. I didn't get lost, you know? Oh, good. I think I think I made... Well, there, there was one part where they it said, like, as I was getting off of 37... It it was, it was saying like make a right you know, like in two hundred feet or whatever make a right onto this street and I'm like that street's right there oh no <laughs> and then I kept on going and then I saw the street and they're like turn left here turn, turn left left now and I'm like no I can't and then I kept on going and they're like just stay on this for another like two miles and I'm like nah nah I'm gonna turn around so I turned around got back on the thing and then it was smooth sailing. Uh, Until I got to the city and that's, you know, going into the city is always terrible. But at night in the like rush hour traffic, even though it was Monday night or whatever, like people are tailgating and everything. But I I made it through without crashing and got back home
0: safely. Good. So, yeah. That was our journey.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) But... Here's one last thing, okay, one last thing that I need to ask. I asked it on um, Trek Stars, I need to ask it here, too. Now, the way that these things work, obviously there aren't a lot of people there who aren't, you know... There for for themselves, right at these at this award ceremony. So when every t- any time a name is announced, there's you know clapping, polite clapping, and then whatever. And very rarely you get someone who does have some people in the room who may be fans or maybe acquaintances or whatever. And then you hear a little bit of a woohoo, yeah, you know. And for both Trek Stars and Standard Orbit, someone in the back of the room was going woohoo, and I thought it was my friends who were there. But no, it wasn't, because not even they cared enough to come to the thing. So it was someone else. Fans? I don't know. I can't think of who it would be. But if it was you, let us know, because I'm very curious. And why didn't you stop by and say hi? Yeah, that's weird. But it is kind of crazy to think that someone back there was like,
0: I know who that person is. I'm, I'm curious to know also. So if that was you, let us know. Well, it's fun filling everybody in about uh, the Parsec Awards, but that's just one of the topics we've been talking about on Trek.fm this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit.
1: See, they say that Spock's not a funny guy. but That's this, really funny. this shows, you know, even more than his command ability. It shows that even in the most dire of situations, he still has a sense of humor. Earl Grey. Anyway, other points on transfigurations? Come on, no.
0: Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next okay. one.
1: Let's go to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 26. Da, 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 the da, da, best da, da, of the Worlds, da, da. Part one. The Orb. If it was anybody else, I would be questioning the, the ethics of it much more, but because of the relationship that Sloan and Bashir have, I almost kind of expect that... Sloan would look down on Bashir if he wasn't doing
0: something like this. To the journey! It's just a good old action story. It's easy to follow. And yeah, okay, granted, yeah, Janeway's got the rifle in her hand as she's going around, but she's shooting bugs. That could be scary, though. There's a lot of dark lights, a lot of yeah. jump scares where you open up a door and then the monster comes out your face. The ready room. Well, keep in mind, uh, espionage and spy... They have trouble with those two words in Romulan. So maybe that's maybe that's why it comes across as stilted (laughs) and contributes to the world's slowest disarmament and fight in the history of anything. Commentary Trek stars. It doesn't temper anything that the attempt is valiant. No matter how noble the knight is who fights for this king, he's fighting for a corrupt king.
1: Maybe they're not trying to be valiant. Maybe the next people who come in will try to be defiant. Yes. Literary treks. And I think Kira makes a great point. We need closure. And this is a great way for us to close the book on everything that happened to us for the last
0: 50, almost 60 years. Mm -hmm. Continuing mission what are we going to do for the man trap? What are we going to do? Because it's all about a salt creature and a lot of it's on the planet. What do we do? And I literally just blurted out to Ashley. I was like, what if it was all about the plant? Melodic Treks.
1: No, he's got nothing to do with the actual episode. It's just the music. But I think it's really funny that, yeah, I've changed my opinion of him. So I'll choose music from the episode (laughs) that most people say is complete rubbish. Well, the first two minutes of that episode are fine. They're the same as any other episode, really, aren't they?
0: (laughs) And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. you find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash podcast to get all the links. We got a couple messages recently. The first one is from Slagar1. And he says, just listen to the episode dealing with Spock's time and command. How could you not have journeyed to Babel in there? that is probably the definitive example of Spock's dedication to both his logic and Starfleet for the good and bad end result. Now, y- you have to understand, we-, we try to keep it, you know, like two or three examples uh, of-, of something, and we can come back to it later. And I don't think Spock really, like, takes command. Yes, that, that shows his command style, but he's not, like, in command of the ship, kind of like how we didn't really talk about Galileo 7 either. But there was another one. Even my dad brought up one that we didn't talk about. So we'll we'll have another Spock command style uh, episode sometime in the future.
1: Yeah, I don't even remember which. I know that that Journey to Babel has uh, his his dad in it. That's the first appearance of Sarek, right? But mm-hmm. that was like one episode, which for whatever reason, like for all the time that I was watching the original series and reruns, it would never come up. Like I'd always miss it. And because of that, I've only seen it, like, twice. I don't even remember what happens in it. But hmm. that's okay. Yeah. I have to go check that out again.
0: And uh, you got another message from Jason. And he said, Hi, I listened to the Aspect Ratio podcast while I was at work today. I Like, I got a little confused. Are you saying that the DVD versions of Star Trek VI are more opened up than the Blu-ray? Also, I Googled a little, and I couldn't find a screenshot of Chekhov's missing face from Star Trek IV. I sold my DVDs when I got the Blu-rays. Should I rebuy them? Also, what about that blue tint people say is on the Star Trek II Blu-ray? Is that a real thing? Thanks, Jason.
1: Thanks, Jason. Um well just to start at the beginning, uh yes, the Star Trek 6 DVD is more opened up than the Blu-ray. You are like where there are black bars on the the Blu-ray the black bars aren't as big and in that extra space you are seeing more on the top and bottom of the screen. And I yeah, I I, I did take pictures of those film frames and send them to you, Drew. I
0: don't know if you've had a chance to look at it. I, I haven't had a chance to I, I will eventually on my Twitter post a comparison shots of your seventy millimeter frame versus the D V D versus the Blu ray.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But we'll we'll see. But I I think that the seventy millimeter is actually closer to the DVD than the Blu-ray. Um, as far as the the missing face thing, um, I can't remember if it was Chekhov or Sulu. Honestly, it might have been Sulu's ear. I found a th- the thread that that it originally appeared in where it kind of went viral from there. I think it ended up on the digital bits at one point and stuff like that. But I found the original thread on the AVS forum. Unfortunately, it was linked to like a different. Uh, like uploading, hosting picture website. And because of that, uh, that account has gone, I guess, abandoned or whatever, whatever happens to those things. So all I could find was a thumbnail of the image, which is such a low quality that you can't see it. But I do remember actually playing that scene and looking for it, and it really is only one frame where it occurs. But we'll see if we can find that too.
0: Yeah, I've been looking back and forth, rewinding that section of the movie over and over and over again. I can't see anything. I don't know if I'm just not focusing on the right thing or not are you, focusing. In are you, the case, maybe.
1: Are you going frame by frame through the whole thing?
0: I'm trying. Yeah. I, I don't really have the the. I can't get my Blu-rays to play in VLC player, oh, okay. so I can't do my frame by frame that I normally do okay. with like the Star Wars movies.
1: Yeah, I think you do need to do it frame by frame. Um, but I, I'll try on the. PS3 and see what I can come up with. Um, In terms of whether or not you should have sold your DVDs, um, I mean, that's kind of a personal preference thing. I mean, obviously there's a lot of weird things like the director's cuts of those and stuff like that, but in terms of just what you're talking about here, about like the transfers being better or the framing, I mean, I would say, personally, I think the framing is better on Star Trek 6 on the DVD than on the Blu-ray. But as far as the terrible quality of the Blu-ray transfers, even though they are terrible, aside from 2, they're still better than the DVDs, you know, because it's such a lower resolution. Um, And uh, as far as the blue tint in Star Trek 2, there is a slight blue tint, um, but it's not a big deal at all. I mean, it's definitely... That transfer is really good, you know, so in terms of the picture quality, I would definitely say that the blue tint is preferable to the the DVD, and I've seen the um, that transfer up on the big screen a couple of times now, and uh, it's it looks amazing, so, yeah, but it's not the director's cut, so, you know, there's that. Right. So, yeah, thanks, Jason. We appreciate it. It's we've thingy. got we've gotten a lot of tweets from people who are just like, Hey, just wanna say I liked your aspect ratio episode and if you uh did a whole show about it, I would listen.
0: Yeah, we, we, we got a couple people already pledged. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Well, if you want to tell us how awesome our aspect ratio show was, you can go to Trek.fM slash contact. There's a form there. Choose to send a show and choose Standard Orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the tab on the left-hand side of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone and you can talk to us and other listeners in our forums at trek.fm slash forums. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Mike, where can people find you out of orbit?
1: You can find me right here on Trek FM doing commentary Trek stars with Max and you can also find me on My website, CommentaryTrackStars.com, where I do CommentaryTrackStars off-topic with Max and Brandon. And you can also find me on Twitter at Mumbles3K.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at 005, D-O-U-B-L-E-O-F-I-V-E. And you can find me various other places around the network. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring Standard Orbit to you each week. And our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible's a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible's premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Mike, what do you have for everyone? Well,
1: I have a uh, book which I remember when it was out. It's called Star Trek Probe. It's written yeah. by, by Margaret Wander Bonanno and narrated by James Doohan. It's two hours and forty-eight minutes long, and the description says, Ten years have passed since Captain Kirk and the Enterprise crew brought humpbacked whales back from the twentieth century to communicate with the mysterious probe which threatened Earth. The probe is returning to Earth and has plotted its course, and the Enterprise must continue to delve into the mystery of its language and its cosmic purpose to save Earth once again. And you can get this book for free on Audible since you listen to Standard Orbit.
0: That's right. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. And there's another way that you can directly support the network, and actually you can go to patron? patreon I think it's I'm not patreon. sure what it's
1: I think it's patreon
0: uh, so you can go to patreon.com slash trek f m and you can pledge to donate monthly to help support the cost of bandwidth and so forth that, uh, to keep the network going if uh, If everybody donates enough, then we'll have uh, someone dedicated to editing our shows. Uh, there's all kinds of different rewards that you can choose from to like uh listen to us record live or get episodes early or be mentioned as a uh, an associate producer of the podcast so uh check that out again that's patreon dot com slash trek fm i guess if people start uh, pledging and wanting to uh
1: get going at the uh, the level where you get episodes early that means we need to record them prior to the day before we're planning on releasing them, huh?
0: Hey, this is the first time. (laughs) I know. It's it's the way it works. (laughs) Yeah. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landrieu.
1: Mr. Chekhov, take us out of orbit ahead. Walk factor one. Thanks, sir.